Hey, Big Blue Nation, welcome back to the Depth Chart Podcast. I'm happy to announce that uh, with the help of Nicholas Rausch, that we are starting on next Thursday on a weekly basis. So we're back through the duration of football season and maybe uh, definitely into recruiting season, the signing day. And as we navigate this craziness, uh, that is 2020 college football season. Um, so we hope you enjoy this. We appreciate you listening. And uh, let's get started, Nick. Yeah, yeah. No need to waste any time because no. fo- football's happening, uh, whether folks like it or not. Right. Uh, first topic, Jagger Burton. That's a, that's a big one. The, the number one player in the state of Kentucky, number eight offensive guard in the nation. I think he's 100 and, what, 125th overall, 247? Uh, yeah, and then Rivals has him, I think, at like 58th. Or, or, you know, so yeah. it kind of – they were very widely. Um, yeah. When I see that guy, though, he he looks like a top one hundred player. Man, he does. He does good, didn't he? I mean, he he's he's six four, seventy five, without an ounce of fat on him. No, no. I mean, just imagine what they can do to him in that weight room at the Joe Craft oh, football yeah. facility. Weight nutrition. I mean, he'll be three hundred after eating a few biscuits, man. I'm telling you, he's a <laughs> ability. But first, first topic with, with Jagger situation was the event itself what do you think about that event that took place at ks bar and grill next well it's unlike any other recruiting event i've been to i've been to a lot of announcements and typically they're in some sort of like auditorium and you got like you know a hundred people come up to talk but this was it was nice that it was just like you know what we're here to support jagger uh we're going to pack ks bar but jagger's going to do his thing and we're just going to let it be all about him so instead of having you know, Uncle Joe and uh, Cousin Rico come up and talk into the microphone for 10 minutes. It, I, I think his coach might have said, you know, two minutes worth of words, Coach McPeak. Yeah. And that was it. It was J- Jagger made his announcement and he was, I got a sense of relief um, in his decision that he was just, yeah, I agree. Let it be known. And I think it was, it was, I think it was really nice because it was a, it was a fan. Family atmosphere, you know, with his own family, with Douglas family. It was just, it, it was nice, man. Uh, but I liked it because it was short and sweet, to the point, made his decision, showed a video, put on the hat, and it was over with. So mm-hmm. it was a typical offensive lineman uh, his commitment ceremony, and I like that. Yeah, no What nonsense. does he bring to the table? Yeah, well, you know, how, how quickly can he get on the field? Uh, is a question, you know, offensive linemen are slow cookers, man. It, it, normally it takes time, you know, to, to redshirt them, get them at the proper weight, increase their strength, conditioning, get them used to, to the speed and, and, and the changes and audibles and, and everything that is associated with line, line of scrimmage play in a Southeastern conference. But, but I, think, uh, I think Jagger has all the potential to go in and compete immediately. I think he's that good. I think he's that smart. I think he's that hardworking. And, and I think he could compete for playing time immediately. Well, and especially the way that you're going to – it's almost a need. Um, yeah. Kentucky's recruited well, and we've heard, you know, good things about 
you know, they, they Quentin Wilson, Nick Lewis on the offensive line in that second group. But when you're losing potentially four guys starting from the big blue wall, you just you're going to need guys who are ready to come in and play. And there right. haven't been too many that have done that. Uh, Darian Kennard did, and Landon Young did right. as uh, as injuries happened. And I, I think you could see something similar with Jagger and and Freddie. I think the good thing is is he he can he's real versatile. Right. Exactly. I think he can play all five positions. I mean, I really do. I think he can play right, left tackle, right, left guard, and I think he can play center. I think he's that athletic. Uh, I, I guess in summary, that was a tremendous pickup for Mark Stevens. No, it, it you, you couldn't have couldn't have said it better. And it, it's one of those things too, Freddie. When uh, it's such a weird year, you got to get the best of the best uh, from close by. And uh, I mean. You, does it get any closer of a personal connection than John Sharman's the one who says, Hey, maybe why don't you try out this offensive line thing? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I or, yeah, I mean th- that, that advice is paying dividends uh, well down the road. So good, yeah, good to that, see him staying, staying close to home. That advice. And then, you know, you can never underestimate the power of the first offer and Kentucky was Jagger's first offer. The thing about, and, and I'll finish up on, on Burton with this. Something that struck me, you know, I watched the film quite extensively last week and, you know, wrote about it on KSR.com. As much better as he is than the competition he's going against. He never took a playoff. He he never took anything for granted. He was downfield blocking and he stayed engaged and appears to love the game of football. I think that trumps a lot of things and, and, and again, tremendous pickup for Mark Stoops. All right, Nick. Let's one, one thing you said real quick, though, Freddie. You said yeah. his ability to move downfield. I love yeah. that in his announcement they included when he was like playing skill positions. Yeah. He's a big boy, but I mean, he moves great. And it, you don't see uh, too many athletes like Jagger Burton. No, he's special. He is very special. And with him, it broke, it snapped the streak of elite offensive linemen departing Lexington for other schools. So, mm-hmm. big, big, big happening. Next topic. Kentucky's opening an opponent. Uh, Auburn Tigers are having a tough time with this COVID-19, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, missed practice last week. Uh, about 16 players are going to be out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not good for them. And, and I, I don't like it because, you know, I mean, uh, that's tough for them. And, uh, you know, I hope I hope you get better, and I hope they, they're able to return to some normalcy in the practice routine uh, because, you know, you want a competitive game. You, you want everything to be uh, to be okay with both teams. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to see this for any team, especially Kentucky's opening opponent. Uh, but Auburn, you know, Auburn's replacing their entire secondary. Auburn's replacing the majority of their offensive line. Uh, Auburn has to replace a couple superstars on the defensive line. So, you know, down 16 players and everything going on, this is not good for the Tigers. Well, and Freddie, there was something you said when we did the KSR football podcast, I don't know, a month ago or something. It, it was sometime this summer. It all kind of runs together. But you said whoever handles COVID the best as far as being able to hit the ground running once you're able to practice – that's going to to ultimately pay dividends in in the record book. And right. 
when you look at Auburn, Gus Malzahn tried to hit the ground running right away. They had a scrimmage. Rare teams rarely have like a scrimmage on their first Saturday practice, but he was like, "We're running ninety-four plays, damn it!" And he tried, but then they basically had to take a week off with sixteen guys out. So the start and stopping, the the lack of experience in that locker room in general, when you had a lot of their their big time leaders uh, leave after last season, like it's it can't help their preparation for this first game and i'm i'm curious too what what the kind of psyche is on the other sideline if if you know let's say they do get better but let's just say there's seven guys out for their first game just i'm just hypothetically throwing out that number because they've had covid stuff do you get a little leery if you're on the other sideline like well if they've had this many guys get it are they gonna pass it to us you know that's a great point nick i didn't think about that aspect but yeah I mean, I know I would be a little cautious to be quite mm-hmm. honest. With you. That yeah. would make that would make me think twice about it, some stuff, you know. So, you know, it's a tough break for Auburn. Uh, I hope they get this under control. I hope the uh, the the ones that are quarantined and or ever tested positive, whatever, uh, get okay. And you know, I I just want the best for everybody through this. And I, you know, I don't want to see COVID become an advantage for an opponent no matter who's playing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see this team have a high number, this team low. You know, I, 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 you know, it's just the way I am. I just want to see things fair, up and up, play football, let the best team win. You know, punch each other in the mouth all you want to, you know, get after each other and may the best team win. Well, and, Freddie, this is why they, they postponed the season till September 26th. They were like, well, if kids come back, we might see an uptick in cases. So let's give them some time to get over this. So ho- hopefully that that measure that the SEC took will uh, have worked uh, whenever it's time to start these games at the end of the month. Absolutely. Hot names here. And what, what hot names we're hearing in practice? Uh, what say you, Nick Roush? I'll give you one. How about we go back and forth? So I, I, the, the first big name, I think, is Bryce Oliver. Uh, okay. in the receiving room where Eddie Grand's asked a lot of them and he'll give them a little bit of praise, but then he'll say, well, he needs to do it again tomorrow and he needs to do it again tomorrow. So uh, I think it's been encouraging what we've heard so far from Bryce Oliver as a, a deep threat that this offense desperately needs. I'm going to go with Donut. Ooh. Yeah. Donut? Huh? <laughs> Vince said he's not calling him Donut and he's Mike Drennan until he makes a play on the field. <laughs> Brennan, until he makes a play on the field. Uh, <laughs> he's doing a lot of uh, uh, Lynn Bowden stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's, uh, he's explosive. He's dynamic. He brings versatility to that position. And he is uh, – he's dynamic, man. He's a playmaker, and he can, he can flat out fly. And he can change the scoreboard in a hurry. So – I'm hearing uh, really, really good things about Mr. Donut. Your turn. All right. I'm going to go defensive side of the ball, get out of that wide receiver's room, and go to Vito Tisdale. Oh, man. Yeah. Freddie, he's one we didn't hear much about in, like, the end of his recruitment, but he's been a stud so far at practice. He's shooting his shots, saying, I'm going to pick off passes. He goes and picks off passes. And I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was that uh, I believe it was Josh Ali, uh, another receiver who talked about his physicality. And 
you got a freshman who's bringing the physicality like that that's typically the hardest part for them. So I, I'm I'm excited what I've been hearing about Vito Tisdale. You know, it amazes me that, that Vito went from a four star to a three star without going to a camp or playing a, a snap of football. And you and I both know what happened there. And uh, it's because he didn't go to those camps. Blows <laughs> yeah. my mind, but I'm glad that he uh, I'm glad that he came to Kentucky and he's absolutely special, man. Uh, you know, I'm hearing. You know, he called a shot the other day. He said he's going to intercept two passes. He intercepted two passes. So, he's got a nose for the football. He's very instinctive. Uh, he may not have the measurables and the speed that, you're, that, that you know, that, that blows your mind, but he's going to be around the football. He is going to uh, be in the right place at the right time, and he's going to instinctively get out of the right place in the right time to make a play that he shouldn't have made, if that makes sense at all. Kind of like – all right, maybe in this call, he shouldn't be in the spot to make a play, but he's just got the football savviness to to make that play, even though he technically probably wasn't supposed to be there. Right. Yeah. Octavius Oxendine. Ooh. Octavius. Ox. Yeah. Octavius Oxendine is, is opening some eyes. You know, he, he's Kentucky's fortunate uh, to have him, to have him on campus. And uh, you know he's he's working hard, and you know let, let, let's segment let's segue the individuals to two two position groups in my mind that you're going to see the most uh, you're going to see the most changes you're going to see the most ups and downs you're going to see the most movement on the depth chart, and I'll go first, Nick Roush, and I'm going to go defensive line, second team defensive line or the second team defense got beat up the other day. Got got a couple long runs on them, mm-hmm. and the was mentioned out. Yeah. And, and Stewart is developing those young guys. I mean, Amor is a great developmental coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think home run hire for Kentucky, and he's going to have some decisions to make because you know that freshman def- uh, defensive line class is very good, very big, very flex, uh, uh, very uh, uh, quick and ha- will have the opportunity to press those guys that are on second team. So I think you're going to see a movement along the defensive line on the depth chart that is one position that I think is fluid. Now, let me ask you, Freddie, where is, is Ox? What position do they have him? Is he kind of uh, – All right, I didn't, I didn't know if they were going to try him at nose or if they were going to – Well, I mean, the thing about it is, is, is look at first team, second team, nose. I mean, you know, Quinn Bo- bully. <laughs> bully, they, you're, they're not moving. I mean, they're, they're there, you know. Mm-hmm. Hard to play three nose tackles, yeah. uh, but I think you will try. But I think you're going to see some movement along those defensive tackles, three okay. techniques, et cetera. But, I, I, again, you know, I hope that, uh, that the second team guys, uh, you know, get it together, and I'm sure they will, and Amwar is going to coach them up. Uh, but I think, you know, football is a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, get better you get passed by so that's one position that i think is fluid right now and if if there's um if there's one thing too like mark stoops has said emphatically especially with the new rules this year he's not holding freshmen back so if you're good enough to play if you're fighting for your spot to play then he's gonna he's gonna get you some reps in and in in that case if, if the other group i think where you'll see something similar especially with 
the threes pushing the twos. And I know that always isn't the sexiest thing to talk about, but I think that's, that's going to be the case in the secondary as well. I mentioned Vito earlier, um, yeah. but there's a lot of talented guys in that room and there's been a big influx of talent. If you're not on your P's and Q's, you're going, you're, you're going to get left behind. And I, I think something similar will happen in that, that secondary room. Yeah. I was thinking more of the wide receiver. Wide receiver. Oh, you know, Isaiah Cummins and, and Michael Drennan and some of those guys, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think the, the the receiver group is going to be competitive as well. Um, mm. You know, because you really you got what one locked in starter is Josh Ali. Yeah, and the rest are competing for a job. You know, so you know I'm hearing good things about Cleveland Thomas, but you know you, you need a bunch of receivers to play, especially if you're going to throw the football more than than last year, which is which is obvious. So I think you're going to see a, a little bit of a a competition battle and some pushes at the receiver position. Mm, I like to hear it, Freddie. I like to hear it. Terry Wilson's a dad. Yeah, congrats, Terry. He's got some dad strength now. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, the 31st, he put on Instagram a picture of he and his daughter. And, uh, you know, we wish Terry nothing but the best for that. And I cannot imagine going through training camp with a new boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, challenging. I- I just did it, and, I mean, you don't really sleep those first few days. I can't imagine if, if everything was normal. This would have been the Monday of game week. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, that, that, is, that is great news for Terry, and we're, I'm proud of him. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see that young man in action this fall. Uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I'm hearing great things about him. And, uh, you know, I hope he, uh, I hope he has a chance to, to show – how his hard work has paid off and he's back and he's ready and he's going to play at an elite level that we've seen um, that, that he's a 12 and three starting quarterback at Mm -hmm. Kentucky. I mean, that's an amazing accomplishment. I like that. He said he's got a swagger back and I I just, I just think mentally he's just matured beyond his years where he's ready to lead an sec offense. Oh, absolutely. I have no doubt whatsoever. Our next topic. Some exciting news was broken yesterday, Nick Roush. Very exciting news. Um, yeah. With our friends at Kroger. Yeah. How about that? Kroger presents the, uh, the KSR High School Game of the Week. Now, we're going to be crisscrossing the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that means is we're going to set up at a Kroger at that, in that city, in that, at that location. And I'm going to do a Facebook Live. I'll do some sort of show from that Kroger and what we'll do we're going to we're going to cover that game for the most of the week we'll break it down for you we'll preview it for you and then you know we will we will uh, uh we will have a, a a post or two about the game and we'll cover that game as best as we can and it will be featured throughout the week so I'm extremely excited about that mm-hmm. um can't thank Kroger enough they did a tremendous job uh, of supporting us in this venture and it just shows that they are dedicated to the communities that they serve and that, that shops at their stores. And uh, we're very appreciative. And I'm happy for the football team and players that we will focus on because they've gone through a tremendous, uh, tremendously challenging offseason, uh, not knowing if they're going to play. This governing body is going to say something. This governing body can counter this governing body that counters this governing body that makes the decision for this one, 
So once they kick it off, we're happy to be out in the communities and, and, and supporting high school football in the state of Kentucky. It it really is, Freddie. Got to remind you of being back in Frankfurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but exactly. I, I'm I'm pumped because we're we're starting the 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 KSR game of the week at a big game. We're we're going to be at North Harden and Frederick Douglass, where you've got. Uh, a handful of, of future Wildcats on the field. But after that, uh, we're, we're going to be in places all over the state that we otherwise normally wouldn't be. And I, I, we, we've dabbled a little bit in high school football coverage previously, but we're, we're going all in this year, and uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Me too. Absolutely. I think, I think that first game is going to be a good game, and it features – how many, how many Division I uh, prospects or commits are oh, going to be man. There's going to be at least – there's four U.K. commits, and there's going to be at least a dozen uh, D1 prospects because you've got Michael Lunds for North Harden that's a linebacker that's going to Tulane, um, Conference USA program. And then you've got Frederick Douglass, the underclassman. Dane Keyes, top receiver in the state. Uh, you've got the Bryant kid who's uh, – he, he's a Division One recruit. His brother just signed to play at Barrel. Or am I thinking Neil? Either way, there's a bunch on Frederick Douglass. I know there's at least six kids that have UK offers. So there's going to be a lot of talent on the field at once, and that's why we're excited to have uh, the, the Kroger KSR game of the week open up at the at the farm out at Frederick Douglass. Did you know the Bryant kid is a legacy recruit? I, I just learned that yesterday, actually, that his dad – was he around when you were there? He left the year, year I got there. His name was Cisco Bryant. He was a receiver at Kentucky. Man, Cisco Bryant's such a badass name. That's a receiver right there. It is. He talks it? trash. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Second, uh, I have two more topics here, Nick, as we try to get out of here not too late from now. Uh, Trinity opens up at number 15 in the country in national rankings. How about that? It's pretty good. Uh, it's going to be weird for them, though, because they can't uh, – they can't do the typical kind of off-season schedule, though. So you're yeah. not going to – you're excuse me, the, the kind of playing teams from all over the country. So it's going to be going to be weird for them uh, not getting out of the state and playing teams like Cathedral and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. But number, they're looking for – they're chasing their 27th state championship. I think that's pretty good. I'm not for sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got a ranked team last year. At two national rings with male and I think last year, Nick, we had two nationally ranked teams with Trinity and Male, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. And Male, they uh they almost got upset by uh Manuel in the in the final game of the season. They got a really talented running back, uh Juwan Northington that kind of put the team on his back. But Mayo won that game, remained undefeated until the, they ultimately fell to Trinity in the state championship. That was a good football game. Um, you know, th this is my final point during this uh, depth chart podcast. Um, Nick Rouse, Kentucky's a football state. I've said it for years, and I'll keep saying it to the day I die. Kentucky is a football state. Now, as far as the biggest event – in high school, is the Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. But the quality of teams, okay? When has Kentucky, has public, public schools or private, been ranked nationally? 
in basketball? Never. How many players from the state of Kentucky have have signed Division One scholarships at programs at the level of Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, equivalents over to basketball? Oh, uh, I mean, how about, how about the quantity of Division One scholarships or just group or, or the Power Five and Group of Five scholarships? from the state of Kentucky, how does that compare from football to basketball? In basketball, you'll get maybe one kid a year that goes power five, and then the rest will end up at, you know, some belt kind of directional-like schools, Conference USA, stuff like that. But right. it, it's, it's really no comparison, Freddie. Right. There is none. As far as crowds, you know, I've traveled this state going to football games from Paducah to Pikeville, from Newport to Williamsburg. Man, Friday nights are packed. They're special, uh, you know. And, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, and I'm not saying either or. You got to be for either or. But this this is a testament to the coaching that's developed throughout Kentucky. That is that is taking place right now, developing these players for college and creating very good football teams. You know. This, this was not always like it was. Uh, you know, before it was flipped, it was basketball. It was, and then now you look at quality football players that are being produced in the Commonwealth. And Kentucky's leading the way, and I, I think you really hit the nail on the head when it comes to uh, just going to the crowds and the event. High school football is an event in the state of Kentucky, and you, you can't say the same about basketball. Uh, no yeah. offense to those folks, but uh, football, If hey, I think you credit a lot of it to the coaching, the leadership at the top, um, because they've really developed some 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 talented programs that, you know, when you see it, when you see the big dogs out there, it motivates the little guys to want to wanna knock off those guys. Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing. It's It's a great time. Uh, to be a football fan in the Commonwealth, uh, all around, all around, it's a great, it's a great time to be a football fan in the Commonwealth. Nicholas, yeah. do you have to discuss? No, I'm just excited that we, we've got football to discuss. Um, yeah. it's pretty great. We're we got to watch an FCS game over the weekend. We've got a Thursday night football game. We've got some uh, over throughout Labor Day weekend and even have a, a Labor Day game with uh, BYU and Navy. So I know you'll be cheering for the Mormons. <laughs> How about that? You know, I enjoyed watching the high school games on ESPN this weekend. Oh, man. That game between Brownsburg and Cincinnati St. X was crazy. Wow. wow. It was absolutely wild. You know, uh, for – Three quarters and ten minutes, saying next, put it on a clinic. You know, I even tweeted, I said, this well-coached, fun to watch. And then you get the interception, then you get the fumble, then you get the muff kickoff, and then St. X loses in overtime to Brownsburg. Gives up for 14 points in two minutes and loses to Brownsburg. Just shows you that – Anything can happen when you're dealing with kids 14 to 18 years old. You know, just think about that. You're 14 to 18 years old, and you're playing on national television. You know, that, that, that's got to do something to you. Uh, Especially but, in the final minutes. St. X handled you know. it well. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I was like, good God. But, yeah, it was fun to watch, man. It was real fun to watch. And then you had St. Paul at Mobile uh, beat Spanish Fort. And then I enjoyed watching the North Dakota game. Uh, I can't remember the na- names of the teams. But that was fun to watch. So, yeah, it, it, I watched the Central uh, Arkansas Austin P game as well. And, man, they were getting after each other. Yeah, they were. There was there was one get the early game on Freddie was Deion Sanders was coaching. It was Deion Sanders' kid was quarterback versus T. Martin's kid at quarterback. And if that don't make you feel old, I don't know. Yeah. Well. It also was <laughs> funny. It, it was real funny to see uh, Deion's kid. He played he played really well. He was dropping some in the bucket, but he picked FAU over Louisville. And oh man, you you just hate to see Scott and his tops lose some recruits. You just you hate to see it, Freddie. <laughs> I, I, I highly doubt that, that he, he will end up at FAU. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's somebody come in and scoop him up. So mm-hmm. uh, he's a good Barnes kid, left-hander. Uh, you know, he, he's. He, I, I read something today where he says he's not. He's, he's. He's. You know, his recruitment is open, and he's not necessarily going to go to UT because of whatever. So that will be interesting to follow. Yeah, if I'm him, I don't want to play for Dad. You know, that's a hard ass. I got to get out. Got to spread my wings, man. Yeah, yeah. So we do appreciate you listening today. Uh, again, reminder: we're going to we're going we're going to record these every Thursday, starting next week throughout the duration of football, and uh, and through probably signing day and and beyond. So we hope that you guys uh, stay safe and stay healthy. We appreciate you listening. And we'll talk to you next week.